Opinions expressed during the show are not necessarily those of the staff, management, or ownership of WGCH Radio. Good morning, good morning. Welcome, fashion friends, to Fashion Friday. Got lots to talk about today. I'm very, very excited because one of the things I wanted to talk about was I think something I have talked about a little bit before, for sure, on the show, but um, this recently came up in conversation. Someone had asked me about my job. I'm like, oh, okay. Now, I forget sometimes that people don't quite understand it, or they think they know, and they, ha- they definitely have a different um, idea. Um, and funny enough, it's funny how when you start thinking about something, and maybe this was me manifesting it, or maybe this was just I started paying attention. Literally a few days later, something popped up on social media that someone else had posted. And it said, um, let me see if I can quickly find it. It said, what a stylist does, and had a list of stuff. And then it said, what people think a stylist does. <laughs> I posted it, actually. I reposted it. must be it. one of those jobs. Yes. Here it is. Okay, so I'm going to quickly read this. I thought this is great, by the way, because this is so true. So, stylist, what they think you do, go shopping, play with clothes, go on fun photo shoots, hang out with models and celebrities. <laughs> That's <laughs> very true. What? You mean you never do that? Um, no. Well, oh. to some capacity, yes. Okay, okay. Yes. Um, What they actually do, spend hours emailing designers and showrooms to secure clothing. Absolutely. And I would even add in their PR uh, firms as well, because sometimes you have to deal with a person's PR firm if you're talking about a celebrity. Add hundreds of miles to our cars to pick up and return clothes. Absolutely. And by the way, now we do have the additional... uh, opportunity to kind of do a lot of stuff electronically so we can digitally I should say so we can ship but there's still that point where you've got to make the shipping label send it out or either drop it off or have it picked up or you know make an appointment to have it picked up there's still work um investing in stylus kits items this is a very big thing for me i have a stylus kit that i have curated over the years so many things i should bring it in one day now that i think about it cuz i think it's kind of funny well it might be kind of funny i don't know maybe not maybe it's just boring stuff but does it have a lot of different clothing in it no there's no clothing it's oh, I all see. little like tools and tricks to do stuff with oh, clothing like oh. funky pins all in different kinds of clips Oh, yeah. It's like stuff for like basically a photo shoot or um, it could be for just a regular person. If we were trying on something that needed to be altered, um, there's tape in so, there. So ways to to make it look right from one angle. Yes. So you can see if the clothing, if it altered, will work. Yes. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then there's also things like um, I have lots of double-sided tape. I don't want to give away all my secrets, but I have. No, no. Don't give away d- I have double-sided tape that is for to hold things in place. And that could be anything. It could be an evening gown. It could be a low-cut dress. It could be, you know, so I've had clients that have a dress with a liner and the lining is shifting. So we'll put a little double-sided tape. And it doesn't hurt your skin, by the way. Oh, it's just going to ask you, yeah. do you have a special tape for that? or? Uh, I do. I okay. ha- I ha- yeah. Yeah, right. I do. Right. And it's, yeah. I've also done things like, um, I've done this to myself, by the way. I've glued things on 
using <laughs> surgical glue. <laughs> I swear. Okay. I actually just did that recently, but that was at a, a dance competition. That's another topic. Oh, yeah, but, because yeah. you let a movement in, yeah. in a dance competition. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you, things like eyelash glue will always help and obviously doesn't harm your skin. It's not toxic. But w- if you sweat, eyelash glue will kind of eventually wear and it kind of turns black and like it just gets like sticky and balls up Uh. but surgical glue works like a charm anyway yeah so i divert anyway um also on the list of what they actually do research brands customer service satisfaction grow your clientele running their business so anyway that was what that was the little thing and i kind of wanted to talk a little bit more about that and also what i wanted to talk about was the different types of stylist so I think people don't realize there's different within that field. There are really different categories. And I don't know, I'm not sure if I know any one person that does all of it. It's usually you're picking one category and sticking with or maybe two. So different types of stylists. There's editorial stylist. There's a personal stylist. And there's a celebrity stylist. So those are basically the three categories. You could break those down into subcategories as well, but those are the top three. So I'll start with the last. Celebrity stylist, pretty self-explanatory. That's someone that is styling um, red carpet uh, celebrities for red carpet events, press junkets, their overall look, they're responsible. This would be someone that dresses J-Lo or anybody, Adele, anybody on the Lady Gaga. But it sounds the same as a personal stylist, just a lot more of the same kind of thing. Is that not true? Um, yes, based at heart, yeah, because you're still responsible for an image, mm. but it's on another level because you really have to a lot more go work. a lot more work. You've yeah. got to be international, basically. You've got to have contacts that are international. You're dealing directly with designers. So, for example, you know, let's say if JLo had a stylist, I, I think she does, but I'm not sure. But let's say her stylist would be in direct contact with Donatella Versace to get her that Versace dress. Obviously, we're not doing that for, you know, just a non-celebrity. <laughs> you know, Donatella is not contacting me for my clients. And I love my clients. They're all great. But, you know, this is different. This is on a different level. So um, that's one thing. You're also responsible for, think about this, you really, your job could be on the line at any given moment. If you think about when a celebrity comes, makes a comeback or they're just getting started, they're kind of launching, or they just, you know, or, and you think about the person's image, or maybe you haven't seen them in a while, and you think, wow, she looks great, or he looks great, or, oh, that she looks awful. It's usually the axe falls on the stylist. Mm-hmm. Whether it's their fault or not, usually it's you're responsible for the overall look. And I always, I always say this example, because I think this is a great example, of Nicole Richie, many years ago, if anybody watches uh, reality TV, she had that reality show with Paris Hilton, and they were like on a farm or something, and they were kind of going, and you know, it, it was it was funny. I watched it a little bit, and she apparently, and this was public knowledge. She you know talked about this. She apparently was straight out of rehab. So her body was reflecting that. She was definitely not what she looks like today. You know, she was a little bit heavier. She was, you know, all the things that happens when your body takes shape and you're, you know, you're living a healthier life. And she had definitely a clear look, right, which was not so great, not the best look for her. 
Rachel Zoe, famous celebrity stylist, came and stepped in. I don't know if they were friends before or they had some sort of relationship before. Basically came and completely redid her look. Hmm. And she also then was living a different lifestyle, of course, very healthy and, you know, became healthy looking. And on top of what she was wearing from the hair to the makeup to the – and today it looks fantastic, I think. Um, so that's one example of a stylist stepping in and really helping elevate the look and the image and re- kind of just reinventing the person. Um, so that happens. Um, and again, you're just responsible. This isn't like – you're going shopping to Neiman Marcus for, you know, Lady Gaga. <laughs> this is like things are being made, special custom made for her. You're flying all over the world with her probably. Um, you're having things flown in. It's just really, really intense. Hmm. And, um, you know, every single time they're in the public eye, they have to look spectacular. I was, I think of actually J-Lo right now because it's happening. I mean, she's just, you know everywhere right now and has been for a while and every move she makes and who she's with and what she's doing but i'm always looking at what she's wearing well a stylist at that level do they have to have their lawyer go over the contracts with this particular oh, client and yes. that sort of thing? There's lots of there's obviously there's NDAs signed mm. and there's definitely lots of legal stuff that's mm. involved 100%. Yeah. yeah. You've got to. So it really is on another level. Mm. Um a personal stylist, that's what i am. And have been for quite some time. I've also done editorial or do editorial. So personal stylist is basically you're responsible for an individual. And that's the everyday people like you and I. This is my favorite, of course. This is why I do it. Um, You can do things like a closet edit. You can do seasonal edits to someone's wardrobe. You can define a look like I was talking about the celebrity. Of course, you can do that with, you know, just anyone really. Um, You know, I think that for me... Custom clients come to me for different reasons. I have a lot of repeat clients that come seasonally. They'll say, you know, we're going to do spring, summer, and then I'm going to come back to you for fall, winter. Um, not everybody needs a complete overhaul of their closet. That's usually a one-time gig, um, and it, it makes sense. Why would you? No, no one redoes their closet every year or every season, even. Especially now, the way clothes are made, they're made to last longer. They're made to be seasonless, or they're made to kind of cross over into, you know, at least two seasons so um then I also get people different clients with different needs you know that want to have a sort of a makeover hey I just had a baby or hey I'm entering the workforce again or hey I lost a lot of weight or maybe you've gained a lot of weight whatever it is doesn't matter um you should look your best no matter what what where you are in in life um so I get that then I also get people that travel a lot or getting back to traveling a lot, um, and this is obviously in the past and over the years, that just have a lifestyle, whether it's work or it's personal, they're on the move all the time. And they need clothes to reflect that. And what are they doing when they're on the move? Are they are they going, fly, you know, landing somewhere, flying somewhere, landing and going to a business meeting? Okay. Are they just going on vacation? Um, are they going to another country? And what is that like? What's the climate like? I mean, all of these things go into play. So I've got people that are like that. I've got people that – I've got a lot of return customers that come for seasonal stuff. So usually fall, winter, because holidays are coming, right? So and, – and lots of different things. Spring, summer, I get lots of um, – charity events and lots of spring events and galas and graduations and confirmations and weddings and all that stuff. Lots of events, basically. Um, Those are probably my two busiest times of the year. Um, But I think really getting to know the person, 
defining their look if it's if it hasn't been done already and not just like shopping for someone because that's a personal shopper you just go you shop you kind of have a list or you make a list or you're buying what's in the store and that's it I think a stylist really has to understand the person's body and the person's proportions and I always say this you know my my favorite words are scale and proportion (laughs) because it's so true because I'm 5'3". What works on me may not work on the next girl that's 5'3", because we have totally different proportions. So there's that. And I think a good stylist has to understand that. It's not just like, okay, well, you're you're this size, so you'll wear this size, and that's it, and this color and this look. You really have to take into consideration – do you have a long torso, a short torso? Are you is your are your legs longer? What are your limbs like? What is you know what is everything? What is your build like? And then we talk about the clothing. Do they um, still use the ectomorph, endomorph, mesomorph uh, terminologies? I guess maybe not. No, pro- not really. <laughs> All right. Um, I think that. I mean, maybe, but I think just knowing, you know, like I said, proportion and scale and understanding what works. And I think a lot of people think I just know a lot of trends and that's what my clients want. And actually, whether they want that or not, that's kind of the last thing we talk about is trends because you really have to have the, you know, like you have to have the foundation then to build the house, right? Uh. It's the same thing with a stylist. You have to understand your body and what works on it and kind of stick to it. You can go outside the box a little bit. You can, I always encourage people to experiment, but you have to understand what the what the the framework looks like and what the foundation should be. And then on top of that, you can be creative or artistic. So um, that's in a nutshell my job. Um, I think, you know, things like contacting designers, showrooms, retailers, securing clothing and all that, that's the that's probably one of the, I wouldn't say hard, but very tedious parts of my job that people never understand. So, you know, again, when I'm going out doing a personal shop for a client, I've already got lots of contacts in place. I have lots of relationships, whether it's in stores or in showrooms, that I can either send a text, an email, or make a phone call and get the ball rolling already. I'm not just walking blindly into a store and picking stuff off the rack necessarily. It's usually like, okay, I know what you need. You need, you know, five suits and three dresses, and this is the look. It's casual daytime and evening dressy or whatever, and you're this style. This is your style. Okay, and I've got a – it's almost like an equation put together. Okay, so here's where I need to – who I need to call and secure this, this, and this. Pull this for me. Pull that for me. Get it all done. It's like a prep to the, to the you know, main event. Um, and so that always helps. Obviously, I have to know and understand trends um, and then cultivate all the relationships with all the stores, like I'd mentioned. Research the brands. This is something I don't think I ever talk about. I do a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And I do a lot of that, one, for the show, for to talk about it here, of course, but also for my knowledge and my clientele. Like really researching and understanding a brand and what they are, what their clientele is, now I look for sustainability. Now I look for is it where is it made? How is it made? Um, and really kind of trying to understand the vision of that brand. So you know, you know, if you want, uh, you know, something that's who does cashmere sweaters and who does it really well, and then who does who's kind of middle of the road and where can you get it for less? without sacrificing quality um, and where can you get it just is uh, something is inexpensive but it's just fast fashion so that takes a little bit of understanding the brands of wherever 
Um, and then, of course, all the admin work. <laughs> There's always a lot of that. I do have a little bit of help with that sometimes. And thankfully, because that's my least favorite part of the job, <laughs> I really cannot stand sitting at a desk. I really can't. It's not for me, I have to say. Um, so, yeah, those are kind of the three things. And then, obviously, editorial stylists I didn't really talk about. This is something that I've done and continue to do kind of in between jobs. This is someone that does photo shoots. So you're, you are hired. I recently did one. So you're hired by um, either like a marketing firm or sometimes the PR company or sometimes the brand. It depends on how big the brand is and, and who's dealing with what. So, um I was hired by a marketing company, and um, there was a photo shoot for their product. So from there, after that's all, contracts are all signed and they've chosen you, um, you then usually will work with an art director. Sometimes the PR company will step in or the um, marketing company. You will then discuss – you don't get to just choose the look. You'll just discuss sort of the vision of the brand. Like, okay, we're shooting for spring, summer 2021 or, you know, 2022. And our vision is, you know, Caribbean vibes, floral, whatever. I'm just making stuff up. And then they'll really – usually there's some sort of mood board involved. Sometimes it's a Pinterest board. But there are visuals so that everybody understands, well, what does Caribbean floral mean to me? Because maybe it means one thing to me and something else to you. So really – and it's much more in-depth, by the way, than just like Caribbean floral. It's pretty intense. And so they'll kind of describe the look from the art director. The stylist will then pull the clothing that goes with the direction. And dress the model. That's really all we're, I shouldn't say all, but that's what we're responsible for. We're not responsible for the overall theme or the look. That's really the art director. Um, Or like I said, sometimes the marketing firm steps in. um, Sometimes it depends on how big the brand is. Pulling all the looks, gathering everything for the models. And, you know, it's not a little bit. You know, it's usually, I'll give you an example. The last job I did, they wanted, I'm trying to think. I think they wanted... 35 to 40 looks. They had 35 to 40 looks to shoot. Um, I believe I pulled 57 looks. So, because you have to have... And by the way, normally I'd pull even more than that. There were a lot of things we were using just to kind of keep it tight and save on the, the budget. They told me the direction was pull a lot that you can reuse on the model. So there were three models. I had to pull looks for all three of them for each an actual shoot and um, I could reuse so if I pulled denim let's say that girl could stay in that denim for several other looks so if she shot you know 15 photos so a look wouldn't necessarily mean this uh, like 57 pieces of correct um, yeah 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 but there had to be 57 different looks put together outfits but I could reuse the jeans over here and put them in look number 12 could Mm -hmm. be this you know or the shirt or the shoes from look number two could work on the the look number 27 and so on so you can mix and match and reuse stuff but you had to I had to have a clear defined 30 to 40 I think it was 35 to 40 looks I ended up with yeah I think it was 57 or 58 completely different looks wow (laughs) so um yeah and and again normally it would be even more if they ask me for 20 looks i'll usually give like 35 40 um you almost double it so you always want to have the option this is why i always say it's hard for me to pack when i go on vacation (laughs) because right away the stylist in me well you gotta have options you know and um my options are always very good i don't just 
I know a lot of people just kind of pack like, well, pants and shirts and whatever. I pack in outfits. I mean, I pack actual looks. So if I have extra, it's like other looks. So if I don't want to wear a pink dress and sandals, maybe I want to wear, you know, a pair of jeans and it, I'll have a totally different look. So that's my, my option. That's what I say. My options are quality options. <laughs> but anyway, that's the stylist in me. So that's generally what an editorial stylist will do. And um, it's usually a long day. There's a call time. Um, just like when you're filming something, um, you've got to be at the, you know, on set or on location much earlier than everyone else. Um, you'll work closely with a photographer. You, um, there's a protocol that happens. You know, you set up your stuff. If it's in a studio, you get everything set up, and then the models will show up for hair and makeup. They'll get dressed. They'll kind of run through some stuff, and then usually they'll start shooting. And then you're really working in and out of the photographer. You know, you never want to kind of cross in front of the photographer. There's certain, there's just certain, like, etiquette. You know, you always say, like, crossing or, you know, if you're doing. And you'll always wait for the photographer to, like, put the camera down and stop shooting before you can go in and pin or tweak or fix something. Um, you probably have seen it before on TV where, you know, they call cut and the hair and makeup people come in and start fixing the person, the actress. It's the same thing. Stylus is in there, too. Oh, repinning something. Oh, I don't like the way it looks. Let me change out that belt. Oh, I don't, you know, it's, it's, it's bunching in the back or whatever. Um, and obviously, if you're shooting something, it's got to be shot one-sided. So, usually there's lots of clips and pins on the other side of what we're not shooting so um, it's a lot of fun but it's a lot of work and uh, like I said it's usually long days you're maybe on you know on set call time of 5 a.m. and you know you finish maybe if you're lucky at 7 or 8 p.m. so yeah so that's a lot (laughs) so I do that too not as much because I wouldn't be able to have my personal styling business if I did that all the time Um, but that's also a different lifestyle because you get used to working these odd hours Mm. um, and you kind of really don't have time for anything else (laughs) and as we know I have to have time for my garden so (laughs) Um, yeah so that's kind of it in a nutshell and uh, you know I'm always happy to talk about this I don't I don't know if I don't know if that's interesting or not, but I've been asked this recently, so I thought, well, maybe it is. I don't know. I just I always assume everyone knows, but I guess they don't. No. No? No, I Do don't. It, I think this is a perfect show. Oh, yay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I'm Do glad. Do you have any male personal clients? I have in the past, uh-huh. yes, right, I get, and I go. do get asked that quite a bit. Mm. But usually, the men are um, husbands or partners of a female client that I have. Oh, so that's usually how I get them. I mean, I would say I certainly can dress men. Um, at one point in my career, before I went off and started my own business, when I was working at Nordstrom many, many years ago, I did men's styling for the company. Uh-huh. So I do have a background in that. I understand tailoring and suiting. There's a whole different sort of uh, um, formula, if you will, for, you know, when a where a, a pant should break and how something should fit and the sleeves and all that stuff that goes into really tailoring details um, about, you know, men's clothing if you're talking suiting or whatnot. So I've had experience in that for sure. Um, of course, my, m- the majority of my experience is in women's. And so I, and I usually get more women clients, but I do every now and then. So, 
Anyway, so that's really it. Um, I also wanted to talk about, gosh, that was a lot. I guess I babbled a bit. I just looked at the time. Um, it's back to school time, guys and gals, and or back to work maybe for you. So I just realized it's the end of August. I knew it was the end of August. I just didn't realize where we were, I guess. And I happened to look at the calendar the other day and thought, because I will be away next week, by the way. Um, and then when I return, get ready, because it's all hands on deck, fall <laughs> fashion content. You're going to get it. You're going to hear it. Um, I'm shooting stuff for my for my Instagram stuff right now. I am also working on a very special project, which I will be talking about in the upcoming weeks. And, um, yeah, I'm going to be talking lots about that. So I thought I'd mention a couple of things. Um, back to work, back to school. The must-haves for your closet. I think that... Color is a big deal this fall. I think the sw- and color meaning anything that you really love, whether it's green or it's a yellow, a marigold. Um, there's an emerald green that's been popping up everywhere. Lavender we're still seeing. That's a continuation from last year. Um, red has been hot for the fall, all different shades. I think that's important. Also things like the sweater vest. I'm loving this right now. The over-the-head knit, kind of like old-school grandpa, I want to call it, v-neck sweater like a knit sweater vest loving why it's a great transition piece and it kind of takes the place of a blazer so you wouldn't necessarily wear a jacket or a blazer into the fall you could just do that with a long sleeve tee or a button down with a collar um i just like that look i think it's i don't know very collegiate um also tailored outerwear i am loving right now so basically a blazer or a top coat but something very, very tailored. I think that is also a must-have. Why? Because you really could have anything on underneath. A T-shirt and even I've even seen it done with sweatpants or joggers. I don't recommend that. But jeans and a T-shirt and throw on a tailored jacket or overcoat and you look instantly pulled together. So those are my recommendations. And, and again, pattern or pop of color and my, the colors I'm loving, marigolds, emeralds green, and pink right now. By the way, I have pictures i have examples of these colors i'm wearing on my instagram so i want to plug that it's at wardrobe envy it's wardrobe underscore envy um i'm doing i'm doing we're doing kind of do it in colors so pink is being posted right now and i've got different ways to wear pink and different shades of pink with different colors so for example i've got some pink and navy on there which i love it's a great color combination so you don't feel like well pink it's just you know like too girly or maybe too juvenile here's a way to wear it with some neutrals so have a look at that and that's pretty much it i'm gonna next week i'm gonna talk about the week after sorry the week after when i'm back i'm gonna be talking about new york fashion week i've got that coming up very very excited and um all of the things i'm traveling a bit so you know i always have good stories of when i travel (laughs) um side note my kitchen garden's doing very well i have heirloom tomatoes harvesting as we speak, and my jalapeno peppers. So I'm very, very excited about that. Um, What else can I tell you? I think that's about it. I think I got it all in. I managed to get it all in. Um, Yes, and I will be at New York Fashion Week, by the way, um, next week. No, two weeks. In two weeks, I will actually be there in person at shows. So I will probably do a little recording down there and have that for you on that on that following Friday. Um, But when I come back, I'll have lots of stuff to chat with in person. So... Be sure to listen. Thanks for joining me. Join me next week for more Fashion Friday on 1490 WGCH.
1490 and FM 105.5 WGCH Greenwich. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. Evacuation flights from Afghanistan resumed with new urgency on Friday, a day after two suicide bombings targeted desperate people fleeing the Taliban takeover. And the new number is more than 100 people killed, not including the 13 U.S. military troops caught in the terrorist attacks. The United States says further attempted attacks are expected ahead of Tuesday's deadline for foreign troops to leave Afghanistan, ending America's longest war. We're in constant contact with the Taliban, working to ensure civilians have safe passage to the airport. We are particularly focused on our engagements on making sure every American who wants to leave can get to the airport. As President Biden relies on our enemies to provide security around the Kabul airport for the 